BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. Yes, yes, yes. What's going on, everybody? Episode 276 of Top Rope Nation. I'm Ryan Drosty here with Justin Joint, and it is time to break down the 2022 edition of the WWE Survivor Series. Justin Joint, how are you doing tonight? I am not too bad. Um, do you mind if I kick things off with a non-wrestling related question? Ooh. Right, this this could go many different ways. I'm not sure, well, but yes, just, do it. We're I, live I, now. I, I kind of shoved a, a lot of food down my throat, down my gullet this evening. Mm-hmm. We had kind of a second Thanksgiving meal tonight, me and the wife did. And, you know, uh, Survivor Series being the quote unquote Thanksgiving tradition, I was just curious, Ryan, what three Thanksgiving foods do you need to see at the table for you not to lose your mind? Ooh. Definitely mashed potatoes. Good call. Mashed potatoes and gravy is my all-time favorite. I know. It's simple, but so good. Have have to have turkey. And uh, I like to close it off. Turkey over ham? Yes. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to go right to the dessert. You know, I'm not a... I don't dislike pumpkin pie, but I'm more of an apple pie fan. So I would say apple pie for dessert. How about you? All right. All right. Uh, number one for me is gravy. As long okay. as there is gravy on the table, I can make everything else work. True. Uh, uh, number two for me is stuffing. Got to have stuffing. Mm. Lots of stuffing. I, I can give or take turkey. You know, I would almost rather have ham. Uh, but actually, my number three would be green bean casserole. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I could go either way on stuffing. Some it's a texture thing. If it's too mushy, I can't do it. I can't eat it at all. But if it if like the bread has a little bit of texture to it, then I really like it. Okay, so it depends. But depends I, I just I wanted to throw that out there. I was hoping that maybe some of our listeners would uh you know post their thoughts on their three favorite uh Thanksgiving in foods. The chat. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let us let us know. I'm curious. Very nice. So Survivor Series, I believe you watched it live. I was mm-hmm. having one of my Thanksgiving meals during the show, so I watched it very late last night, which is why 
We are going live 24 hours after the show to break it down. We tried to go, you know, the next morning lately, um, but I still had family in town. So had to push it a little bit. It's given us some time to think about our grade of the show and everything. And we saw just five matches. So it should take a real long time to break down the card, uh, which Justin likes. Now, uh, I I guess people checking in the chat. Okay. Yeah, I I was enjoying Michael Johnson's. Michael Johnson's got it. Yeah. What's he got? Ham stuffing and green bean casserole. Oh, yeah. Good man. There we go. So, Justin, you're great. Your grade of the Survivor Series, not your Thanksgiving meal, but the grade of the Survivor Series. What are you giving this A through F? Uh, okay. So before I give you that grade, I, I just need to put out there, as mentioned in our full gear review, I, I've been in a, a bit of a dark ages for me when it comes to pro wrestling lately for multiple reasons. Mostly the baby has just thrown our entire household into chaos. Yeah, it's just made scheduling very difficult. It's made sleep very difficult. It's made watching pro wrestling difficult. And that is even when I feel like watching pro wrestling, because a lot of the times I just don't. And it's just, it's made me think about, especially seeing our uh, Top Rope Nation Facebook thread last night, a lot of people enjoying this show. Looking at my Twitter timeline, it seemed like a lot of people really enjoying Survivor Series. And it just had me thinking about when I got back into pro wrestling after kind of my second dark age, right around 2010, 2011, I I was back, you know, full 100% by punks, pipe bomb, started getting back into it before then. But while I was getting back into it, I, I was searching for podcasts to listen to. And they, they were not near as prominent as they are nowadays, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And I found one that I started trying to listen to kind of regularly. And all they did was shit on the product, everything like I, to the point where like, number one, it, it became very obviously that they were kind of strictly MMA fans that seemed to be covering, covering pro wrestling at gunpoint. Cause I did, I just, had, eventually I didn't, I didn't understand why they were even talking about it because all they did was crap on it. And all they did was crap on stuff that I was really digging. And so watching survivor series last night, it just, it made me feel like, I don't know. I I'm just, I, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time yucking on people's yum. Cause I just didn't enjoy it as much as everybody else. I enjoyed it for three reasons in three reasons alone. And that is Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, and Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. And and get the bleep button ready because that's fucking it. That's all I fucking enjoyed. <laughs> I don't bother to bleep stuff anymore, Justin. I, 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 I was ride. I was bored out of my mind uh, until yeah. the main event. And the main event, I, I'm sorry. Well, I'll hold off. Um, I, I will give it a C minus. It, it it was a D minus F show for me until the main event. It started like the main event for me was kind of crescendoing to something into the B range. And then it got into the usual modern day NXT war games crap that I, I just don't care for. And it just cratered. Luckily, Sammy, and Kevin kind of saved the day. Uh, so 
yeah, that, that's about as, as good as I can do for this show. Boy, I'm kind of right there with you. And that, that's funny. You mentioned you, know, when you got back into wrestling and you didn't want to listen to the negative podcast. Cause I distinctly remember when we kind of rekindled our friendship around 2013, 2014, and we went out for beers and I was telling you about a website I was writing for at the time. It was what culture. And I remember we had a conversation about like the types of articles that were on there. And you told me at the time that you were trying, you were trying to stay away from like the negative takes on pro mm-hmm. wrestling. You're very much like trying to be more of a positive fan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that exactly what you're talking about in that period. I, I totally remember when you're going through that and it, yeah, it's, it's hard to be too negative because there are a lot of people that are enjoying WWE right now and are, are very high on it. And they believe it is much better since triple H took over. I think it's marginally better, but not a whole lot better. Um, and I, I said, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I mean, I just, I want to be able to talk about this show as objectively as possible. If you, my friend, Brian Drosty, I, I think that's something you, me and Kyle have always tried uh, to do when, when it comes to wrestling. So mm-hmm. for anybody who enjoyed the show, you know, great. You know, that's awesome. I, I am envious of that, that you can sit back and enjoy this show. Uh, and especially just WWE in general, which I, it's just not for me right now. Um, so I, I, I'm going to try for this show to mainly just talk about the things that I liked. I'm going to have to piss on some stuff, but I'm going to try and piss as little as possible. (laughs) Don't piss on me too much. Justin. (laughs) Yeah, I okay. So I think I said this on the Crown Jewel show that I did with Kyle when we reviewed that one, the last big WWE show, and I was talking about my criteria and how what what I go through in my mind when I'm trying to grade these shows. And I look at if a show was going to be an A, it needs to have at least one match of the year contender on it. To me, it's got to be something definitely worth revisiting. If it's a B, mm-hmm. it might not have a match of the year contender, but at least one of the matches like I could see myself wanting to watch again. And and to me, a C is just a average show. I'll never revisit it. I couldn't call it bad, but I'm definitely never going to go back to it and probably not going to remember anything from it. To be honest with you, a D or an F there's got to be some just objectively very bad matches on the show. I I'll come in at a C probably. I, I saw Ryan Huffman said C plus in the chat. I, I was kind of right there. C to C plus. I didn't think there's anything like offensively bad on the show, but there's, there's just nothing at all. Besides from Ronda Rousey. Well, (laughs) yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. I mean, she should have won that match much faster. We'll, we'll get to that, but, and she wasn't great in the ring either, but there's nothing I would ever watch again. I don't know that anything on the show. Remember the Sami Zayn stuff, probably. Um, like that little bit of the ending of the main event. But I, I mean, outside of that, I think six months from now, people aren't going to really remember any of the yeah. particulars from this show. So I can't really go above an average grade for it. And I mean, look, uh, we always talk about what our, our viewers think. We're putting people's comments from the chat up right now. So if you have thoughts on your grade, let us know in the chat. We'll get that involved in the show. Um, but on our Twitter poll, I mean, they were more positive than us. There were 67 votes. 36% A, 48% B, right? So, I mean, they're they're about, yeah, 84% A or B. I just cannot go that high on this show. I I, I don't know. My standards are a little bit higher. I'm, I'm definitely never going to revisit everything. Anything and, you know, on the show, yeah. 
I've said it, I think on every other show for the past year that we've covered on WWE, I, I admittedly go into these a little pessimistic, pessimistic because for one, I don't trust anything I'm hearing as far as crowd noise goes. So that Mm -hmm. almost immediately takes a lot of the emotion out of it for me. And just this modern WWE, I I hate the production. It's all very cartoonish, you know, PBS kids. It's just not for me. So I just want to put that out there that when I'm grading this kind of stuff, when I'm looking at it, it's very hard for me to get emotionally involved in any of this. I have a perfect segue on the cartoonish thing here when we get to the first match, which we'll talk about here in just a second. I do want to note Kyle Ross is not here with us, obviously. Uh, but if you want to hear from Kyle, we just dropped the latest Top Rope Nation classics on world-class wrestling from 1983, their Thanksgiving show, Thanksgiving Star Wars. Uh, sign up on the Patreon page. Link here in the description. You can hear that full show and almost 100 bonus shows now available in the Patreon archives. There is a teaser of that. I think it's like the first 15 minutes of the show available coming later this week. So stay tuned to the podcast feeds as well. And of course, the best way to support Top Rope Nation is subscribe here. We are streaming live on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel or on your favorite podcasting feeds. Earlier, you saw the names of all of our patrons going by. Shout out to all 43 of them. Really, really appreciate your support and making those bonus shows like Top Rope Nation Extra and Top Rope Nation Classics possible. We also had a Top Rope Nation extra drop last week. Kyle and good friend of the show, Michael Jenkinson, talking a little Survivor Series history. So all that's available in the Patreon archives. If you sign up to support us there, five bucks a month gets you all that bonus content. All right, so here's the segue, Justin. They opened with a War Games match, the Women's War Games match. And you mentioned too cartoony the way they produced the show. Okay, my biggest problem, and this goes back to NXT too, is these matches that they call war games because they don't feel like war games if you Mm -hmm. are an old school fan. And it's something as simple as the cage they use. Mm -hmm. Because if you grew up watching this, like I know you did. I mean, we reviewed WrestleWar 92 on Top Rope Classics on Patreon just a few months ago back in the spring. Uh, You know, the thing about war games was it was different from a traditional cage match because you had the roof on top and the fact that it was low and you really felt like everyone was trapped in there together and there was no mm-hmm. way you could get out. That's what made it so much different. What WWE presents as war games is just two rings shoved together with a standard cage around it. It's not war games to me. I mean, it takes me out of the idea that this is war games. If you are a fan that watched it back then, it does. You know, the reason they don't have the top on is they want to do the high spots off the top. Well, then just do a damn cage match because that's not a war games match. You know, you know, it's just I don't I like the the proximity, the closeness feel of those old matches where you got all those people in the ring together. They don't have a lot of space. It's a brawl. And mm-hmm. look, when AEW does blood and guts, the war games match, they the, the cage is bigger. They at least have a roof on it. You know, we know they've escaped and stuff, but it still feels more like the traditional war games because you have the roof on the top. You agree with that? Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's, I, I think I made the joke. It's, you know, they called this survivor series war games. To me, it was survivor series, uh two ringed steel cage match. <laughs> just as like, uh, I, I had, I will say like going in, you look at the, some of the names that were in this women's 
War Games match. And I thought, yeah, you know what? They might be able to pull a, a pretty good match off. And I, I know some people are very high in this match too, or at least moderately high on it. Almost 40 minutes long. And honestly, some of the best performers in that match had off nights. I mean, EO Sky did not pr- look particularly good in this match. Uh, when I started watching the show late last night, my wife was in the room with me. Use the wife as the barometer here. And EOS guy comes in the match. And I'm like, I'm like, this woman is really good. Watch her. And almost right at stop, right at the start, she botched a move. It was like that handstand uh hurricane run on the corner. Looked very bad. Right. And I'm like, well, yep, she botched that one. <laughs> and then, like, you know, um, even like Bianca had some blown spots in this match. Um, I thought, you know, Mia Yim was pretty good. Becky Lynch, I mean, she's come on, she's been off a long time, so I got to give her some of a pass, but she she looked a little off to me, a little slow. Um, I, I texted you this as I was watching, and Kyle, too. The only one of these women who looked like she was harming her opponents was Rhea Ripley. I thought Rhea Ripley looked really mm-hmm. good in this match, but most of the other people, it was just, it was too choreographed, too slow. Nikki Cross, I mean, she could do the character decent, but she just really does nothing for me. I'm not a fan of the character. I didn't really care for her in this match, to be honest with you. Well, and and I think your analysis of, you know, the way they're moving and how it, it it's kind of slow and methodical. I think that's because, like, these matches are 40 to 50 minutes long. And, ex- and I, this is actually not a criticism of the men's match at the end of the show. Just this one and basically every NXT version of War Games is... It's a spot fest. And I and I think they have these 40 to 50 minute matches where in just talking about this one, these ladies have to memorize all these certain spots that they have to hit, all these places they have to be. And it just takes me out of the match completely to your point earlier about what war games is supposed to be. It's supposed to be kind of down and dirty. It's supposed to be a fight. And I think that's Chaotic. yes. Yeah. And I think the men's match at the end of the show had that a little bit. And it actually had pulled me in. Whereas this one kind of from the jump and especially when, you know, this is Nikki cross. She had my favorite moment of the match. Probably really the only moment of the match I enjoyed is when she tore down the terror doom spot. I, Mm -hmm. you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki for doing that. But also when she came in and she goes right to underneath the ring and she pulls out the kendo stick and my brain just turns to freaking mush as soon as I see that kendo stick. Yes. It's just like, oh, worst please. The I, worst. I can't wait to see all these hundreds of shots to all the backs that th- this kendo stick is going to be. It's just the weapons in this. I, I can't do it anymore. I can't do the kendo, sh- kendo shots anymore. She, yeah, so when Nikki came in to make it three on two, so Bianca and Dakota Kai started. Very slow at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, EO Sky came in next, brought it up a little bit, but as I said, was a little sloppier than usual, at least at the start. Uh, I mentioned the handstand move in the corner. She had an arm drag to Asuka, which just did not look very good when Asuka came in. Uh, they, they talked, they acknowledged, you know, EO and Asuka, this would be a dream match in, in singles. They have had a singles match at a house show, but not on television. They've had these tag team matches and, you know, their history. In Japan, they they didn't go too much into it. They just acknowledged that that's there, and this would be a dream match for someone down the line. So at least planting some seeds there. Um, 
Bianca was then showing off her strength. You know, this part I did like. She held Dakota Kai above her head, marched across the ring, tossed her into the cage. Okay, that was good. I liked that. Then Nikki Cross came in, as you said, Justin, the freaking kendo sticks, because of course it has to be the weapon. I mean, just, I don't know how anyone even pops for the kendo sticks anymore. It's so common. And then those garbage can lids that she threw in the ring. Did you notice, like, they looked almost like those plastic, like, saucer sleds. They were so clearly not metal. It looked mm-hmm. like rubber. It, they, yeah. those were not good. <laughs> not, you not gotta good, protect Justin. that back. You don't want yep. those clean back shots. <laughs> and right then I wrote my notes. This, this Nikki Cross does absolutely nothing for me. Some real weak looking submissions. Skylocked one on Asuka, uh, Nikki to Bianca. Then Alexa Bliss came in. Uh, Nikki Cross then climbed to the top of the of the cage. Kendo st- stick shots everywhere as Cross was this maniacal smile at the top of the cage. That's when she ended up doing the splash onto everyone. Um, Bailey came into the ring. She got a ladder into the ring, then a table. Of course, we want tables. Mm-hmm. Who the f- who is chanting? We want tables. The 2022. The sheeple. Justin. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> You know, I wrote yawn in my notes. Um, <laughs> Bailey with a sunset flip powerbomb to the corner on Bianca. That was cool. That was looked really good. And Bailey was pretty good in this match. I'll, I'll give Bailey a shout out. Uh, damage control, like they used the table to wet, wedged it between the ring ropes to pin um, Bianca up against the cage. That was good. Uh, at least somewhat creative. Mia Yim came out. Uh, she tossed in some garbage cans because, of course, Justin, we need more weapons in there. Uh, when she <laughs> went to get the second can in the ring, took her three tries to get it in the ring. They, they cut the camera back and forth there to try to hide it. But the crowd, like, mockingly clapped when she finally got it in the ring. Uh, Mia took out Dakota Kai, Io Sky, Nikki Cross right away. Um, but eventually, Nikki locked Yim in a sleeper by jumping on her back. She eventually escaped and she hit a Mia Yim hit a Tope Suicida from one ring to the other on Dakota Kai, which looked pretty cool. Uh, then all four girls ended up battling up to a different quarter in the ring simultaneously. Uh, four women. I mean, don't want any nasty letters, not girls, women. <laughs> um, this Broads. resulted in like. Uh, this resulted in superplexes and a German suplex off of the corners of the cage, which is cool. But clearly um, they messed up the timing because at this moment they took the timer off the screen, which had been ticking down. Then they put it back up right after the, the spots were done. The spot fest, as you alluded to, Justin. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Ripley came out and she took out Sky. She took out Cross. She took out Kai kicks in the corner. But Becky does. Becky's out and she doesn't look like she's moving that way. I mean, I'll give her a pass because she's she's just come back, but she looked kind of slow, a little off. She's got to get back into ring shape. Um, Cross tried to hit her with a can, but she moved and Cross takes out Sky instead. Then Becky has this spot where she's yelling, get up, you little bitch, over and over to Bailey. Um, <laughs> she stopped Bailey up against the cage, turns around, and they have this face off between her and Rhea Ripley. Rhea dodges really weak looking punch attempt and, and hit a headbutt on Becky. And then she followed that up with a pump handle slam. Oscar hit the mist on Rhea and then Becky, Becky DDT'd Ripley. That was a nice looking DDT. Yep. I like and that. And then one. Ba- Bailey comes in and takes out 
both of them. At this point, sorry, there's so many moves I jotted down. It's a 40 minute match, you all. Uh, Sky climbs up to the top corner and Asuka followed her. Uh, then damage control all come in and they and pretty much everybody else. This is that Tower of Doom spot you alluded to, Justin. Uh, Bianca tried to slam them all, but then Nikki comes in with a kendo stick and everyone gets slammed off one by one. Uh, Bailey got like an awkward looking power bomb from Bianca. Sky got up top, hit a moonsault on Yim and Belair that looked really good. This is awesome chance then ringing out there in Boston from that. But I wrote, but I'm not sold. Um, <laughs> Cross got, oh, this was bad. She got these handcuffs. And she's screaming at Alexa Bliss, you know, because they used to be partners. You think I forgot? Because Bliss left her. And Bliss gives her this really weak-looking slap. Now, here's the problem. You got these cameras in the ring, Justin. Another thing I don't really like about these War Games matches. There's no problem giving it that gritty feel, shooting it from the hard cam, or shooting it up through the cage. But when you have cameramen in a War Games match, it just doesn't work for me. And if they're going to be shooting this that tight... You better connect and connect hard. And it was a very weak looking slap. And then Cross puts the handcuffs on and she can't get them on. And she's struggling trying to get these, these handcuffs on Alexa Bliss. Eventually, Alexa ends up cuffing the other end across. So they're cuffed together. Uh, and then Bliss gets Cross up on her shoulders and she, of course, you know, falls backwards. But the problem was Bliss was the one who landed on the garbage can. Oh, that was so bad. That was bad. <laughs> so then you got Ripley in there and she's tossing Asuka into the cage. Uh, she goes for a riptide on Mia Yim, but Yim puts on a sleeper. Rhea sends her into the ladders, though, instead. At this point, this goddamn peacock, Justin. I hit a I hit a button on my <laughs> remote because I, I had joined the show in progress and I rewound, but I think you can only rewind like two hours, something like that. Mm-hmm. So then I'm watching it and then I... I hit a button and then I I couldn't rewind. I couldn't rewind any further. So I think I missed a couple of minutes of the match at this point. God, God forbid you can watch any point of the show that you're paying for every right. month. So I couldn't rewind any further. Peacock sucks ass. Moving on. Uh, damage control then is facing off with Bailey and Bianca. Uh, Lynch hits a manhandle slam on Dakota Kai. Bianca hits the KOD on Sky. And then Becky screams, you want the table at the crowd? And Bianca sets Sky up on the table as Becky climbs up top. Kai is on the table as well. And then Bailey tries to scale the cage, but Becky gives her, uh, or no, Bianca gave her the KOD. And then Becky. I enjoyed that also. That was good. It was a KOD into the cage. Yeah. Yeah. Into the cage. And then Becky hits a leg drop to Sky and Kai through the table off the top and covers Dakota Kai for the pinfall. As I said, almost 40 minutes. Yeah, I mean, by nature of the countdown, it's going to be really long, but it was long. It was long. So what is it? The first two competitors are every five minutes. And then is it every three minutes? Yes. So what does that put us at when like the match beyond actually starts? Are we looking at, is that about 18 minutes, 20 minutes? So you're 10 minutes in when you got four in there, right? Six, uh, let's see, 28, I think, 28 minutes. Oh, is it that long? Okay, okay. It's, it's, it's a while, yeah. thought it was shorter than that. I don't, it, but that, you know, 
once again, going back to being objective, if, if somebody wants to get on here and call me an AEW mark, I disliked the first blood and guts because, you know, you have this 20 to 30 minute long match and then the match beyond starts and we have to have another 15 to 20 minute match because Mm -hmm. the first 20 to 30 minutes didn't fucking matter. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's just another reason why I disliked this match between just, it was an obvious spot fest, um, I should have known that coming in because the rumor was they wanted to do a bunch of stuff being that this was the first war games on the main roster. They want to be able to do cool hype videos in the future for them. Uh, I guess I, what I can say for it is that I guess the right team won, or at least the right lady won. Um, yeah. even though, I mean, just go ahead and get the shovel out for damage control. I don't know what, what that you do with them at this point. I mean, Mm-mm. all they've done is taken L since they've, you know, shown up. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I've said it on the show many times since they formed that group, you know, I was, I was very, very surprised that Bailey didn't get a push at the title to kind of legitimize the team, you know? So whatever. I, I, I mean, I agree with you on their, on their direction moving forward, but yeah, I, I think it was the right choice here. Becky's Becky's back. She got the pinfall. The the finish looked good. I mean, the, the leg drop off the top. It was a good finish. Uh, hell of a move, honestly. But yeah, the match itself had a lot of sloppy moments, and I was not much of a fan. So yeah, that that was the opener. So again, only only five five matches on the show. So we don't got too much more to go through. Justin, we're we're making time here. Uh, yeah, Taylor checking in the in the chat. He said he loves war games, but it struggles to work under WWE style. I agree. 100% agree. So then we get to AJ Styles and Finn Balor. And I'll say I was I was excited for this one. These guys have only worked a single singles match the entire run here in WWE between the two of them. Only one singles match. And that was an accident. T- yep, because of the viral infection. TLC 2017, if you guys... You know, I'm sure that reviews in our archives. Uh, we were doing the pod at the time, but if you don't remember, the Shield was going to reunite on that show for a big match in the main event. Uh, Bray Wyatt was going to be working Finn Balor, and then they had this viral oh, infection. Nope. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Sister Abigail was going to be oh, working. Oh, yeah, Sister Abigail. Don't forget that hideous graphic that they had going into that uh, match. Yes, that virus going around was a fucking blessing. <laughs> so this is where they had to blow. Kurt Angle's return to the ring on short notice because then he subbed for Roman in the Shield match. And then, yeah, AJ was the sub for Sister Abigail. And so we had AJ and Finn Balor. And that's the only time they've worked a singles match. And so this is only the second one. So, I mean, yeah, I had, they acknowledged their history with the Bullet Club, you know, in the buildup. They've been a little more open about that kind of thing under Triple H. I, I will. You know, they'll talk about other promotions here and there. We got a reference to Sting later in the show and, and Wrestle War 92. So they talked about that, that they were the you know, the leaders of the Bullet Club. This match, though, was to me very average. Again, mm-hmm. 18 minutes, some cool spots. They each came out wearing masks. Oh, uh, uh, nerds. Nerds. <laughs> I Just from the jump, I was almost immediately out on this. Like, my... My my kid was sitting there watching me with him. He's like, "What's he wearing?" <laughs> my my question exactly, but I have no fucking clue what Finn Balor has on his face. And, and then and then to top it off, AJ Styles comes out looking like an even bigger nerd. 
at least his like kind of matched the design they have on their shirts. It, it, you know? it matches the aesthetic. Yes. Like, yeah, 100%. The gas mask deal. But like, yeah, Finn's was just like this plain mask. I don't know what. It, it was much better than whatever the judgment takers were doing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it felt a lot like a TV match. So basically early on, AJ's work in Finn's left leg. Um, Dominic tripped up AJ on the Who takes this Dominic seriously? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it's improved a little bit, but yeah, I mean, majority of the crowd could probably take this guy. You think half the crowd? I don't know. Doesn't does nothing for me, Justin, but Dominic trips up AJ on the apron and then he gets attacked by the whole club. Of course, gets his ass kicked. Finn gets on offense, but he runs into a drop kick. AJ goes for a calf crusher, but Finn rolls through and stops him. It's a bunch of kips, kicks from Finn. And a, is that all you got? AJ fights back and they exchange position before Finn throws Styles to the mat. Uh, later, Finn goes for the Styles clash, but AJ rolls through. AJ hits a Pele kick, then Balor hits one, and then both of them are down. They, extra- they exchange Irish whips before AJ springboards, and then Balor catches him and hits a fireman's carry, you know, modified GD- GTS, knee to the head. That looks sweet. Um, Finn with a fireman's into a knee to the head. Uh, AJ's move. AJ flips out of the corner uh, into the reverse DDT position, hits his, an elbow drop into the mat for two. AJ goes for a 450, but Finn moves, hits a running drop kick. Uh, Finn goes for the coup de gras, but Finn, but uh, AJ dodges it and starts selling the bad leg. Styles locks in the crash, the calf crusher. Balor grabs AJ's head, slams it into the mat to break the hold. They exchange standing punches, chops, and then moments later, Styles hits the phenomenal forearm for the pinfall. It finished kind of came out of nowhere yeah. in yep. this one. I was a little surprised. Uh, I mean, the chops was that um, AJ was it Finn's Finn's chest was looking pretty beat up, right? AJ's AJ it was AJ's, that, yeah, because that was my big takeaway of the match. The, I'm basically all I have to say about the match is like I, I'm sitting there watching it, and then it kind of ends abruptly, and AJ celebrating, and he it looks like he's got all the broken blood vessels in his chest, and it looks like he's been in a war and, and I'm looking at that thinking seems like I should have enjoyed this more, especially yeah. considering the combatants and just didn't. It was I fine. Haven't tw- I haven't watched the 2017 match since it aired. I so remember, hard- I remember liking it, but it might've been the death of demon Balor because he was the demon in that match for no reason other than I guess he was originally advertised to be that. Yeah. That one got four and a quarter in the observer. Now, who knows? <laughs> Maybe this yeah. one will too. I don't know, but it wasn't a four and quarter, four and a quarter star match. I mean, I'd go probably three and a quarter on this one. Honestly, the women's war games match, I'd probably go like two and a quarter on personally. Uh, yeah, it was, it did not live up to my expectations. It wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't anything particularly memorable. I didn't think. And you agree, even as a Finn Balor, a former Finn Balor, Mark, Justin, I don't know if you're still on that train or not. Nope. <laughs> I mean, you did call him a nerd, so yep. I guess not. God, God, bless, God bless him. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Ronda Rousey and Shotzi. Boy, oh, Jesus Christ. Why is Ronda going 50, 50 here in this match with Shotzi? I mean, 
like why 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 should I think that she's any good or like some kind of unbeatable champ? I mean, look, they're trying to get people to take Shotzi seriously, but most of her run with the WWE has not has told me she's not on Ronda Rousey's level and she's going 50-50 in this match. I mean, did Hogan sell this much for Dino Bravo, Justin? <laughs> why, why why would why in the hell would i think ronda rousey who is losing her luster you know when she first came in to this promotion it was years ago now we were much closer to her run with ufc and look she lost at the end of ufc but she was she was still that's why she went into pro wrestling but she was still a big star we are like years removed for her from her heyday now. I, so she can't just coast on star power anymore. And that's, you know, and that's the thing watching this match outside of it, just being utter slop fest is I don't know if I've seen anybody slide in terms of, of in ring work and charisma. When you look at, uh, you know, the first six months of Ronda Rousey to where she's at now, I mean, she's kind of atrocious in every aspect of professional wrestling. Yeah, this was, uh, this was not good, Justin, not good. <laughs> um, yeah, they went, what was the length on this one? Seven fifteen. definitely felt like at least 17 minutes, not seven minutes, but seven minutes at 15 seconds on it. Um, yeah, Rousey, she locked in an ankle lock early on. I mean, honestly, she should have beat her. I, if you're trying, I don't know. This is the problem with WWE booking. If you're trying to get me to take Shotzi seriously, that should all happen like in the heat up to the match and not in the match itself. I, j- I just don't buy her getting this much offense in against someone that's supposed to be this unstoppable force. And Rousey shouldn't have sold that much for her, I don't think. Because you know we all know we're going to Ronda and, and Becky down the line. That's you know the ultimate destination. So... Yeah, it's 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 a meaningless match anyways. But yeah, R- Rousey locks in the ankle lock early on. Um, Shotzi kicked out of it. She ran in, hit her in the corner. Ronda rolls to the outside. Shotzi runs in, hits a suicide dive to Shana, Shana Baszler, who was out there ringside, after uh, Shana tossed Ronda out of the way. So she saved Ronda and, and took the, the hit herself there. And then uh, Shotzi threw Ronda into the steps anyway, so it didn't matter. Uh, Shotzi went for a cross body off the top, but, uh, Rhonda rolled through. She caught her and slammed her into the mat. Rhonda then with some very weak looking kicks on the mat. And she says, I could beat you with my feet. Uh, Shotzi grabs her feet, tosses her to the mat, proving her wrong, evidently. And then Rhonda reverses it and locks in an arm bar, but Shotzi hits a spin kick. Rhonda keeps hold, rolls through into a submission. Shotzi rolls through, but it gets broken up. I mean, so look, she can grapple with Ronda Rousey. Uh, I wrote at this point in my notes, this is a shitty worked MMA match. Uh, Ronda toys with her more uh, against the second ropes. Like she's just playing around with her now. But then Shotzi slaps her. Shotzi goes for a DDT over the top, trying to drive Ronda's face into the mat on the outside. But it was totally botched. Uh, Ronda held the rope, and it looked really, really bad as Shotzi fell to the floor. Then Shotzi takes out Shayna and Baszler at ringside. This is at the point where I ranted in my notes about the 50-50 and Hogan and Dino Bravo. <laughs> Look, Rhonda, hey, get yeah. God willing, Shotzi doesn't start selling bootleg cigarettes after her career is <laughs> over. Yes. 
Never know what can happen in that living room, man. Watch out. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> um, Ronda ends up hitting an arm drag or a judo throw, I mean, off the top for two. Ronda does her arm, bol- arm bar roll into Piper's pit. She locks in her arm bar for the finish. I mean, I know AEW has gotten a lot of flack for their women's division, and certainly they've des- deserved it at times. But this is a title match here. And if you think that this match held a freaking candle to Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, hmm. if, if that's a title match, this is a title match. This this was real bad in comparison. Not good. Not good. My favorite oh, part of the match spammed was... in the chat room. All right. Yeah, I saw that. 69mega.com. <laughs> what the hell is that? My favorite part of the match was when Chassis did the flying body press on the outside. And it was just that horrible, like slow motion falling backwards with the plants in the crowd. That just mm-hmm. that looked awful. Everything yep. about this match was just the drizzling shits, as Stone Cold would say. <laughs> Michael and uh Taylor agree, not fans, not fans of this match. So yeah, as I said, seven minutes and fifteen seconds felt a whole lot longer. They go from this to Roman and Sami Zayn backstage. Now, this, Justin, this was good. This was very good. For me, highlight of the show up to this point. Easily. Easily. So, basically, it was Sami trying to, you know, defend the fact that he had talked to Kevin Owens. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Jay had called him out on it. and, And Roman wants to know what he was doing, talking to Kevin Owens and, he said that he lied to Jay about it because he didn't want to distract Jay from his match. And I mean, in the end, Roman stands up, gives him this big hug. It was well acted. But but the camera kind of pulls into Roman's face and, and, mm-hmm. and to make you think like, you know, I has Roman really forgiven Sammy to kind of play into maybe the drama of the main event. The, that entire segment was so well done. These two are just at the top of their game right now. Uh, having said that, everybody on Twitter saying this is cinema, fucking stop. Stop with the this is cinema. It's yeah. it it is excellent pro wrestling acting. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. This was a very good segment. I mean, mm-hmm. as you said at the top, the highlight of the show, these are two of the three highlights of the show. Uh, this triple threat US title match. Now, Justin, what was going on here with the Titantron video? Because I missed Boy, this part. Yeah, I, I'm watching, and Austin Theory comes out, and like I, I've admitted at the beginning of the show, as I admitted in full gear, I have not been watching the, this product, you know, regularly, if at all. And so I'm watching Austin Aries Titantron, and I'm like, I'm trying to make Austin, heads or tails. Austin Theory, not Austin Aries. That would oh, be yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Talk about a slip. <laughs> I mean, granted, they might both be pieces of shit human beings. So, oh, sorry. I don't want to be speaking out there. Uh, so, it, it, his Austin Theory's Titan Tron doesn't seem to make sense with, you know, whatever character thing he has going on. And then it immediately cuts to like a toy promo. I don't know if it was like a, a you know, something in the production truck got screwed up, but Austin Theory's Titantron was basically a toy commercial. 
accidentally ran an ad or something. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was it, not a good omen, especially yeah. because in, I mean, I guess I'll just say it now as far as this match goes. Uh, Jeff Jarrett is probably my least favorite wrestler of all time. Austin Theory is quickly climbing the ranks of that. Granted, you know, they're doing a much better job with him right now with, you know, the new attitude adjustment, the aggression, not taking selfies. His face is still hideous to me and I don't like looking at it. And <laughs> once again, he has speaking out allegations against him. I, I'm not a fan. I, I just don't want to see him on my TV. And so you can only imagine how I felt at the conclusion of this match. Yeah, I was I was shocked by the finish. I will say as the as a worked match though, I thought to this point this was the best match on the show. Like I I enjoyed this more and not like there was a lot of competition as we've just talked about, but uh this was the best match to this point for sure, I thought. Yeah. Uh I, know, yeah, I, I mean I I did enjoy it as much as I dislike Austin Theory, not yeah. Theories. Yeah. So yeah, it's Rollins defending the U.S. title in a triple threat against the Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley. It did follow, you know, the typical WWE trope of one person gets taken out and they're at ringside for several minutes while the other two fight. Pretty much always expect that. Um, right at the very beginning, um, Theory was clotheslined out of the ring by Lashley. He tried to get back in and then Seth knocked him down. So then you got Rollins and Lashley going at it early. Uh, eventually theory works his way back into the match and, you know, they had different portions where each of them got to get, get their moves in. Seth was very good in this match. Like his dives looked very good. He's always very acrobatic. He was, he was pretty much on point throughout. I thought, um, at one point Lashley tried to put Rollins in the hurt lock, but then theory jumped on his back with a sleeper to break it all up. Uh, Rollins hit theory with a superplex. He went for the Falcon Arrow, but then Lashley speared him. Then Theory came in and made the cover to get the pinfall. So, like, the, the finishing sequence, yeah, it was Rollins springboarding off of Theory's back, hit a curb stomp on Lashley, then that superplex to Theory off the top, goes for the Falcon Arrow, Lashley spears him, Theory covers for the pinfall. I thought, I mean, that was, if you're, if you're looking to get the belt on theory, I guess for whatever reason, that's the way to do it. Cause he just, you know, snuck in there and got the win after Lashley took out Rollins. But I thought, I thought the finish looked good. I'm not really a super big fan of who went over and I mm -hmm. would have never, Agreed. I would have never guessed that going in. I mean, we had a predictions article over on SE scoops. I did not predict this to happen. I thought Rollins would probably keep the title longer and pin theory. And without, you know, hurting Lashley, that's what I thought was most likely, but they went a different direction. So Theory is now the U.S. champion. But yeah, I mean, the finishing sequence visually looked very good, I thought. Yeah, it it feels like a downgrade for the championship considering the previous two title holders. It's starting to feel like they're playing hot potato with it. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, they do. Well, you know, Vince obviously had big plans for Theory and uh, looks like uh, Triple H is maybe having some big thoughts of his own. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, good match, though. Would you agree that that was the best match of the show to that point? 
Did you like yes. better than women's? Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. Games match. Yeah. yeah. So all that leaves is the men's war games match. And uh, I mean, definitely some intrigue in this going in, you know, like it was to me, it was possible the bloodline could lose. I wouldn't expect Roman to take the fall, but you know, like they always win. So, you know, would they put over Owen strong pinning one of the Usos, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the Sami Zayn uh, bloodline pairing, which obviously is like the best thing on WWE television right now, that whole storyline, which is, Apparently, eventually leading to the plan right now is for Owens and Zayn to face the Usos at WrestleMania for the tag team titles. That's what I've that's what I've heard is coming down the stretch. You like that direction? Sure. It depends on their execution, but yeah, I I, I could get into that. I, I mean, this bloodline stuff is the only thing that really interests me in WWE right now. Yeah. Working plan is Owens to work Roman at the Rumble, and then Sammy is going to work. How many times is that now? Is that, is that going to be the yeah. third time working the Rumble? Yep. And then My Sammy God. is, evidently Sammy's going to face Roman at Elimination Chamber, which is in Montreal, which makes sense. So we'll get that slow build eventually leading to that break, and then those two you know, teaming once again against the Usos. That's the plan as of right now. That's what we've heard as of right now. That's what's coming. Here, though, no turn. You know, Sami Zayn endearing himself to the bloodline, and Sami just, in what started as, you know, just kind of a goofy, silly storyline, has taken over WWE television, as I said, as easily the best thing on there. And, yeah, this match was, again, it's just like I said, the opening, hard to buy me for me to buy it as a War Games match because of the different aspects we laid out earlier. Pretty good match. You still had the, uh, Justin, I believe you called it the West Side Story spot. That's not my quote, but yeah, that, that definitely happened. Uh, <laughs> may I jump in here? Yeah. Because I was watching this and it was actually sucking me in because unlike the women's match to open the show and every single NXT war games that we've seen, this actually kind of felt like a fight a little bit. It didn't feel like they were working towards spots. It it felt like they were just trying to beat the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. I thought the way they laid out every entrance was pretty solid, especially considering that the quote unquote baby faces had the advantage. I don't know how much baby faces they, they are when the crowd was going wild for the bloodline winning mm-hmm. spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was laid out perfect. I was enjoying the fight of it. And I was like, it, it was building in this perfect way. And you had the, and I, you know, I, I saw people kind of shitting on it online. I loved Roman Reigns having a chair in the cage. I thought that worked great. The highlight of the night for me was when Jimmy was about to run in and Roman stopped him and said, nope, it's got to be Sammy. Mm-hmm. Those guys' facial expressions are are top notch. That is cinema. I don't care what anybody says. That's a joke, but that was still <laughs> a great moment. Uh, but I, you know, I'm watching all of this and the way this match is building to Roman Reigns coming in. I was just about to text Ryan and Kyle, like, man, I think I'm really enjoying this. I, I, you know, I, this is about as good as a modern 
PG WWE war games match can get. And, and frankly, it, it is that, but you know, Roman came in and they just can't fucking help themselves. They, as you already alluded to, they had to do the West side story spot. We got a few other, you know, your typical obvious, Hey, we got to get this stuff in. I, a lot of people loved the, what was it? The 50 beats of the, the drum spot. Mm-hmm. I, I, my eyes kind of rolled at that, but whatever, it's fun. Probably would have preferred to see that on the go home show or something. So I, I just, I was really digging it until it turned into NXT war games. Yep. Until Sammy. And until, you know, can we get to the finish? I'm sorry. I'm kind of yeah, jumping I, all over the place. Yeah, a little bit I here. say let's just talk about the finish. Yeah. Cause I say, you know, once again, going to people talking online and there, it's just a lot of people saying like, I have a hard time getting into these modern war games because there's no blood. You know, and they're saying, get over it. There's not going to be blood, but it's like the whole point of war games that you were talking to before is that it's just supposed to be a fight and the blood can add so much to that. And for me, I never bought Kevin Owens getting that three count on Roman Reigns after the stunner because he was the last one in. He had barely taken any damage. We've been watching this dude dominate for two and a half years and there's no way he's getting pinned after, you know, wrestling for 10 minutes. And if he could have come in and just been busted open and bleeding and then Kevin Owens gets the stunner. And then it could be like, holy shit, is Kevin Owens going to pin this man who has not been defeated in two and a half years? That would have been incredible. And it was still really good. But to me, that just drove home the point that don't do war games if you can't have blood. And you're not going to put a, uh, you know, you're not going to top the cage off. And you're not going to make it feel like a fight. Having said all that, Sami Zayn is incredible. The whole rest of this match was pretty fantastic. I thought it was great giving Jay the win instead of, you know, Roman or Sammy and all the stuff after the bell. Uh, Sammy officially being a part of this. I'm still, you know, lukewarm in it all because how many times have we seen this Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens turning on each other's stuff? It's, it's, you know, starting to feel a little big showish mm-hmm. with, you know, heel turns and baby face turns, uh, but still really good. This is as good as a modern, as I already said, a modern PG WWE war games match will probably ever be. And even that West side story spot, if they had not ever done that in every single war games match they did before, it actually would have been an incredible spot because it was, it was more well done than it had ever previously been been it, it was more organic yeah this if you don't know what we're talking about this is where like each team everyone stands and they yeah. face off you know like they always do th- i can't remember who used that I, someone sent that to me and i thought it was you for some reason i was checking my text like who sent that to me some i know someone used Ky- that term yeah kyle yeah. sent it but it was from somebody else i think bix had sent it before okay so yeah it was yeah it, it was a little bit more organic when they did it here not as forced as like when they would do it in the nxt matches I agree. It was, yeah, it was, the finish was good. We all know where this is going. Sammy sells the hell out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. 
the acting portion of of that finish was really good at least they're doing something to get you to keep tuning in you know week to week with that storyline even though we know what's going to happen uh and it, it like i said it, it started off you know when you when they first started this storyline you might have thought it was just kind of throw away goofy stuff but it has built into something at least so i i got one more question for you right yeah um and this kind of plays into my just complete and utter distrust for anything i hear in a wwe show as far as the crowd goes because you know they obviously pipe in noise you had already uh alluded to the possible destination for kevin owens and Sami Zayn facing the usos at wrestlemania mm-hmm. is there any chance that this Sami Zayn wave could build in a way that the daniel bryan wave built hmm. because i i mean he's at the pe- the peak of his powers right now that the crowd loves him I, i'm t- I, just watching this just makes me wonder if they might have to pull an audible down the road and be like do we do Sami Zayn versus roman reigns Obviously, that that would all be contingent on The Rock being too busy to do WrestleMania. Right, which I think, you know, to their benefit, they're going to have that option possibly in case Rock can't go. So Mm -hmm. at least there is like a a viable backup plan there because I think that, as I alluded to a second ago, like the working plan I know is Sammy and Roman at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. So he'll get just an incredible reaction there, you know, in canada so i could i could see that coming across on tv so big even though he comes up short if they wanted to go to that direction i could see it being viable honestly like if if rock can't work coming off a hot crowd up there they could certainly do it and it would be believable especially after months of building up to that Mm -hmm. moment in time um i wouldn't predict it I mean, Sammy has been great. That Brian thing was like almost once in generation kind of mm-hmm. agree feeling to it. But this has been very good. I mean, so we'll have to see how the split goes and how the crowd responds to him after that. But I would imagine pretty damn well. And then especially like the schedule works to it to his advantage to be up there in Montreal, you know, where he's from. So we'll see. We'll see. I think that's a uh, that will be interesting to watch for sure. But I mean, I we've always said this. I'm not sold on rock work in that match. I know that they are pretty confident they can get him to do it, but that guy's schedule fills up pretty quickly and, and opportunities come at him. And, you know, with his age and the fact that he's gotten hurt in the past, the last time he worked a full match, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's risky for him to do yep. it. He doesn't have to do it. You know, does he want to do it for Roman? I'm sure he does. And if the schedule schedule will let him, he probably will, but if not, at least there is a possible viable backup plan there with that, as you alluded to. We'll see. We'll see. But I could, I could, I could envision it. Could you envision it? Yeah. I, I well, to an extent, I, I, it just, this was the first time watching it was like, it just gave me the tiniest inkling of like, God, this kind of just feels like Daniel Bryan's rise a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Sami Zayn is that kind of talent that i think that you know a lot of us diehards have loved for years and you know nxt our evolution or whatever the hell the title of that nxt show was this is still one of my favorite wrestling shows of all time when he beat neville for the nxt title um 
you know, few people can go in the ring like he does. Uh, he's got his character work down and, and he's got the crowd behind him, which is also, you know, kind of the problem of this show that, you know, people love the bloodline and I think they're supposed to be heels. <laughs> yeah. The cool heels. Yes. Yes, they do. I mean, when you go to a show though, like it's clear they're the real stars. Like they mm-hmm. stand out oh, yeah. so yeah. much from the rest of the, the rest of the roster. Yep. You know, so yeah. Uh Chad is kind of popping here. Yeah. I mean, just agreeing with what you said about no blood, no war games for sure. Um, so I, you know, it was getting very late in the night when I was watching this one. Uh, and I was starting to doze off a little bit, but I, I woke up for that finish and then I rewatched uh, a little of the portion in the middle that I missed tonight. Just so I, I was clear on what happened in the match, but I didn't take as detailed the notes during this one um, more so on the early part in the finish, uh, but it was Jay and, and Butch starting the match and uh, Michael Cole reference, as I said earlier in this pod, Paul Heyman's history with the match. He mentioned Sting Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance at WrestleWar 92, one of the great matches of the 90s. Uh, and then Jay was selling his hurt hand while uh, working over Butch. Towards the end of the clock, Bush, uh, Butch, Pete Dunn, I'd rather say Pete Dunn, for God's sakes, <laughs> st- stomped on his hand and he tried to lock in a Kimura, but Jay threw him off. And then Ridge Holland came out to give him the two to one advantage. Um, he hit this running splash in the corner uh, over and over. Uh, double team. There was a, a high and low spot with Ridge clotheslining Jay and Bush doing a leg sweep. Knee stomps to both arms of Jay. Uh, Butch did this the deal where he like bends the fingers back and does the knee drop. That always makes me cringe a little bit. That looks great on TV. Mm-hmm. Love that spot. And, uh, you know, so continuing to work Jay's hand. Uh, then Butch is working the leg. And then Jimmy tries to come out next, but Roman stops him. So Sammy is in next, as we talked about. Sammy has to defend the guy who has questioned him ever since the start, Jay Uso. There's a Sammy Uso chant. That was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Sammy attacked uh, Holland from behind as he was going after Jay. And then uh, Ridge, Ridge Holland turned with uppercuts and until Jay pulled him off and then Sammy hit a running punch. Sammy and Jay then started to argue a little bit, a little bit, but then Butch hit a moonsault off the center of the cage, taking out both men. Uh, Ridge charges in at Jay, but then Sammy pulled him out of the way to save him. And then Ridge hit all fence face first. Drew McIntyre came out, basically destroyed Sammy Zane and Jay as everyone else was laid out. Um, he yelled out, I'm feeling pretty oozy right now. McIntyre did. That was funny. And then, I mean, yeah, it was kind of like just a waiting game at that point until Roman got into the match. That's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. how it felt. Everyone was just waiting for Roman to come out there. And as you alluded to, he comes in at the end. You don't really buy him taking the pinfall from the stunner, but he, you know, he got the stunner from KO. And that's where Sammy broke up the pinfall. Ends up giving KO that low blow. Um, and then he hit the Haluva kick on Owens in the corner. Motion to Jay for Jay to hit his splash. He did cover, got the pinfall. And then, yeah, you get that moment at the end where Jay is now sold and he's hugging Sami Zayn and Sami's going absolutely nuts while also looking down at his fallen friend, Kevin Owens. And 
that almost look in his eyes like what have i done mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. sammy was great man sammy came off like a star here no doubt about it bloodline always does as i said at the very top of this pod i mean that finished people will probably remember and that's about the only part of the show that they'll remember yep. in six months yeah one thousand percent imagine imagine remembering anything else about this show two years from now <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't there's no way no chance so yeah that was survivor series 2022 justin joint i'm glad you watched it so i had someone to talk to about it me me too (laughs) (laughs) kyle you know i gotta tell you guys kyle's not really high on the current product for either promotion and uh he's very busy with his shoot job right now bowl season so most of kyle's pod work over the next month is probably going to be on the patreon side like doing the classic stuff doing some extra shows talking about old school wrestling because he just i mean honestly i can't really blame him he doesn't really want to talk about the modern product so when we're talking modern product it's probably gonna be mostly justin and i sorry about that justin <laughs> we we will see how the schedule evolves over the next uh month we've got some good stuff planned and of course top rope nation classics in december i have no idea what's going to win the poll but the world-class show was a ton of fun. Promoted it earlier, guys. Check it out over on Patreon. Really good show. Yeah, wish I could have been there. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was somewhere else. <laughs> yes, but uh, we won't get into that. Nope. <laughs> you, Yeah, it would not have been a good night for you to join us, but you can listen to Justin, just like our great patrons. Ken, I'll send you the file. I won't even make you pay for it. all right everybody this has been uh, episode 276 of top rope nation appreciate your support join the facebook group top rope nation pro wrestling discussion great stuff on there with a great group of people every single day and we will be back at this in a couple of days stay tuned to the podcast feed and we will talk to you guys real soon take care peace peace